Hello and welcome back into Survivor Analytics, the show that tries to find the perfect survivor strategy. I'm your host, Clyde, with my co-host and the voice of the people. We got Jack. Jack, how's it going? What up, party people? Oh, is that going to be your saying now every episode? Did I say that last time? Yeah, you said that last time too. Uh, so yeah, that that's it. If I'm the voice of the people. Let's party. Wow. So today we are going through episode four of Survivor Samoa. If you haven't seen any of the ones before, they're all on Spotify. Jack, uh, what were your thoughts on, on this episode? Uh, change of tone. Cha- I mean, we've really been living in the Russell show for the first three episodes, and this was a nice change of pace, and I, I really enjoyed it. That's the first thing I wrote down as well was, we are a month into doing this podcast. This is our fourth week of recording. And finally, after four weeks, we got to see something from the glue camp, which we saw nothing of leading up until this point. So this might be my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, yeah, I I would tend to agree. I don't think the most necessarily happened. I think that opening episode with Russell Hans burning the socks was the most entertaining. But Mm -hmm. this gave the most information that I was looking to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we've gotten to such a point that we know the Foa Foa tribe so well. Almost too well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I usually I skip the credits and I didn't this time for whatever reason. And I was like seeing all the names of the Galoo members and didn't recognize eight out of the ten or something like that. And, but I felt by the end of this episode, like I finally was acquainted with maybe the majority of the people on the island. Yeah, I would say there's still four, around four contestants that we barely see anything from on the show. You have Liz on Foa Foa, you have Kelly on Galoo that we barely see anything from. Ashley hasn't gotten any screen time since the first episode. So there's still those like ghost characters on the show, but I feel like we're starting to round out the cast a lot more at this point yes yes for sure so we can hop right into it so the episode starts at foa foa they just get back from camp after eliminating ben in the previous episode Mm -hmm. and we have this conversation between russell and jason and we're starting to see a crack in their alliance jason is struggling with the physical conditions and in a confessional he straight up says this is a quote um i believe that coming out here was the worst decision yeah. that I ever made in my entire life. So That's the first thing I had written down as well. I mean, that was uh, uh, surprising to hear, to be honest. Especially since last episode, he makes this threat of quitting the game, but he says mm. in confessional that it's a lie. But now it sounds like it was a genuine threat that he was actually thinking about quitting the game. So one of the questions I had for you is, do you think that if Ashley was eliminated last episode instead of Ben, would Jason have quit the game? I got to be honest. I think Jason is getting worn down across the board. I think um, I'm getting the sense. I mean, he's a bigger guy, right? He, which means he's got to have like a pretty big appetite. He's a fit dude. You got to have a lot of food, right? I And I get the sense at a couple points in this episode, he's hungry, he's thirsty, he's tired. Uh, I think he's just getting worn down. And then the game around him is chipping away at that even more because for all that he's done and he has put in so much work they're still struggling yeah and i think that's a good point it's definitely a double-edged sword of being one of those physically stronger people because you can provide a lot to your tribe but just physically you need more calories to get by day to day so i think we're starting to see that catch up with jason where some of the other like smaller members on the tribe that don't need as many calories might be in a better physical 
uh, position at this point. Yeah, you can last longer if you don't have to work as hard for every calorie you're eating. Yeah. Uh, due to Jason's physical state, we get this confessional from Russell Hance. And this is one of the few things that we get from Russell this episode, which is pretty surprising. But yeah. he basically says that he's wondering if he should stay aligned with Jason moving forward because he doesn't trust that Jason won't quit the game at some point down the line. Right. Um, do you think that Russell's decision here to shift his main allegiances away from Jason is a good idea? I mean, I think Russell's just being cautious. I think he uh, he knows the game he's got to play. You know, I think he's he's just being hesitant and making sure that he's not blindsided, right? I don't think he's going to shift anything dramatically in his strategy in the short term. I think it's more about him staying on top of everyone and making sure that all of his little puppets are right where he wants them or at least that he knows where they are. Yeah. And I like Russell. I like the decision here to not make Jason his main partner in the Alliance, but yeah. I question his reasoning for it. I would say the reason why you don't want to align with Jason is because he's shown to have some kind of strategic prowess in the game. He's someone that I could see orchestrating a blind side against Russell in the future, but Russell's more worried about him just quitting at some point. Yeah. I think Russell's worried that if, Jason quits, the physical prowess of the team, you know, comes down to him or Mick, and everybody likes Mick, and Russell comes and goes. Yeah, and one con I wrote down for this too is that Jason in the long term serves as a better shield for Russell, mm. and we'll talk about it later, but he switches his main alliance from Jason to Natalie, and while I think Natalie's a way lower strategic threat, Jason's such a huge physical threat that it might be good to have someone like him so that way if their alliance is targeted in the future, they'd be more likely to target Jason than target Russell. Right, right. Because honestly, when it comes down to how well did they perform, you know, if they may make it to the final tribal, right? Final three, Jason's a more likely winner, right? Oh yeah, no doubt in my mind that it seems like Jason's pretty well liked by almost everyone on this cast. Yeah. And he seems to have some pulse on the game. Yes, for sure. Uh, but so then we, we hop over to Galoo. Uh, are you ready to go over there? Yeah, I'm all ready. Are you talking so, about Shambo? So, so Shambo is back. Uh, Shambo has gone home and immediately starts talking about how great Foa Foa is. And how basically how much she misses it. And oh, their beach is so nice. She loves it there blah 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 she talks to the she's a confessional and says look if i make it to the merge i've got all their votes uh and i was very surprised but shambo surprised me across the board in this episode but really the amount that she spent talking up foa foa the tribe that they are beating and talking about how much better they have it when it's a six to ten game it surprised me yeah, and it makes no sense from a strategic point of view to talk about how much you like them because when a merge does come, Galoo doesn't want to run the risk of Shambo flipping over to the other side. And if you make it mm -hmm. obvious how much you like those people, they're going to target you more. Even They're already targeting Shambo so much at this point, Yes, at, at least I thought. And this was just adding another thing to the list of reasons why we should target Shambo. So I thought we were under the impression that Shambo had nothing wanted nothing to do with Galoo. She didn't want to tell them anything. 
But then we see this conversation with her and Eric, and we've seen no footage of Eric and Shambo up until this point. There seems to this be This was no... the first time we met Eric. Yeah. But we have no evidence of an alliance between these two people. Eric At walks all. up to Shambo and asks, Oh, you got a clue to the immunity idol last episode. What was it? And then John hops in on the conversation and he asks too, Oh yeah, what was that clue? And she just gives it away to both of yes. them. Yes. Yeah, she just completely freely gives away not only hers but she also knows yasmin's which we don't know how she learned that but she does know it and she's correct like she's not making it up yeah she freely gives away all of this intel about the idol expect with just like kind of a light oh you know help me out later down the line it, what did you think are we in agreement I, that this is a terrible move like I, I mean i am not the most tactically minded when it comes to this game right Sometimes my perspectives as the voice of the people aren't necessarily as well thought out in terms of like, you know, three rounds ahead, three, you know, five episodes ahead or whatever. Uh, this was ridiculous. Uh, I genuinely w was like, like open mouth, jaw dropped. What is she doing? Like Shambo is messed up a lot this season. She's isolated herself from her tribe. She's made it clear that she doesn't want to work with them. She scolds them when they do yoga on the beach. But despite all of that, I wrote down that this is her worst move that she's done this thus far. Yeah, the one, I, the one I think this one the most long term. Yeah. yeah, the one positive I could see is that maybe Eric and John will feel some kind of allegiance to her for giving away that information. But mm -hmm. that's taking such a massive risk at this point. So let me ask you, uh, in this situation, my first thought as to what I would have done as the voice of the people is i would have made something up oh yeah you what, what would you clearly the move that you do you lie yeah. to gain their favor and then they won't find it you send them like on a wild goose chase and say like oh it's by the beach down by the water so they're searching for it and then that gives shambo the opportunity to find it and in my opinion she needs that idol more than anyone else on this entire tribe oh, a thousand percent she does and we don't uh, even get a scene of shambo looking for it the whole episode no, I mean, there is no indication that she looks for it at all after she looked so hard at uh, Foa Foa. You know, we get that shot when she's at Foa Foa of her just lying with her head in a tree. Yeah. And we don't get one iota of her looking in her own tribe. So, I don't know. I was bummed out with everything that Shambo did right there because she's probably my favorite person on the entire Galoo tribe. I think she's the yes. most entertaining. So Absolutely. So I mean, that whole saga <laughs> happens, and then we go to the reward challenge, which I also thought was ridiculous. Was ridiculous. Do you want to talk through? Yeah, what yeah. The logistics were of this challenge. So they get some tree mail, and uh, the two leaders have to choose two people from their tribe. So three people from each tribe go, and they they meet each other at like a sandy, you know, kind of a large beach, and there is a treasure chest and a crate with three chickens in it and the six people from foa foa it's mick the leader chooses russell hans and natalie and then uh russell swan on galoo chooses dave and shambo uh dave this is our first time meeting dave yeah he selects shambo and in his confessional he states that he picked shambo because she's the most intelligent member which mm -hmm. makes no sense. In the first episode, he picked Shambo as the most intelligent member. Remember in that first uh, yes. reward challenge? And she tells everyone, I'm not smart. And he picks her again as the intelligent one for this challenge. Well, so, so as, a, as a counterpoint to that, we have seen her demonstrate a lot of self-sufficiency and worth 
at least when she was at Foa Foa, right? She's like, oh, here's how you make the torches, right? She was in, you know, around camp, I get the sense that Shambo is pretty useful, even with her isolating herself and breaking the snorkel. Uh, I think she does have more intelligence than she lets on. And I do think Russell picks up on that. See, I interpreted this this selection by Russell as just a strategic move. I don't think he genuinely sees Shambo as the best mm. puzzle person on the tribe. I think he picks Shambo because they have an alliance. And there's a ton of evidence for it. So he picks Shambo in that first episode for the first reward challenge. He selects Shambo to go to Foa Foa in episode three. And he chooses Shambo again. So mm-hmm. I think at least this point, there's some suspect of a Russell Swan Shambo alliance on that tribe. Interesting. I mean, I could see it. I think um, uh, we're still we're still learning, right? I mean, this is our first time meeting Dave, where we've known Russ and Natalie and Mick from Foa Foa for a month, right? Yeah. And so I think there's so much we haven't seen on Glue that that we still need to get to. But there's a crate full of chickens and. The two tribes, or the the two delegations from each tribe, stand there for a minute waiting for um, Jeff to show up, and he doesn't. So they decide to just start, and Shambo and Natalie both run for the chickens, and I wrote down the quote, Shambo's grabbing chickens. Yeah, Um, I think she grabs two, like, by the necks. Yeah, yeah, there's a crate there, and they just go and start grabbing chickens. Uh, And then... uh, uh, Dave goes and finds the rules in the treasure chest, and basically the point is they play a game of essentially bocce, uh, where the closest ball thrown to a stick placed in the sand, after everybody gets to throw a bunch of balls, whichever team has the closer throw at the end, uh, or whose ball is closest at the end wins, and gets the chickens for eggs. Yeah, and I wrote this down, so I've seen a lot of challenges. I've seen every season of the show. I've probably seen thousands of challenges. This might be one of the worst challenges I've seen in the history of really? the entire show. I That's funny because I liked it. I thought it felt so lazy. First, <laughs> why is Jeff not there? It felt like Jeff got sick or didn't feel like going in today. <laughs> so he just left them instructions. Like one of my favorite parts of every challenge is hearing Jeff give the commentary and poke fun at the players a little bit. Yeah. So Jeff just isn't there and the challenge is essentially just a backyard game. This feels like something that I could throw together in five minutes on my own. And one thing I like about Survivor is that a lot of these challenges are put together by, by production. There's a lot of time and effort yeah. that goes into constructing these things. So it just felt so out of place in the context of the show. I, I tell you what, here's what it felt like to me. Because the immunity challenge in this episode was a big production. This felt like... We need to give these players more food. We need to have a reward challenge that is quick and eat and really won't take that long, but will be entertaining for some of them and have a, you know, a payoff, right? Oh, we've got these balls laying around. Let's just do that. Let's give them some chickens. It felt like they they were balancing the game almost in terms of like balancing the survival levels. That makes sense. I don't know. My biggest issue with it was just not having Jeff there. It felt weird watching a challenge without his commentary. A fun fact is that the first five seasons, around five seasons of Survivor, Jeff didn't uh, give any commentary during the challenges. So they would just play Mm -hmm. dramatic music while they competed. And that's what this felt like a little bit. And I don't know. It just felt like something was missing the entire time. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, when, yeah, it, it just felt kind of lazy. But at the same time, there was some drama to it. I mean, it literally came down to the last throw. Yeah, with uh, Dave, it, the guy who we've never seen before. Yeah, so so uh, before we get to the outcome, at one point, I do want to point out, Russell, Russell Hance, uh, uh, the Russell on Foa Foa, yeah. had some very good throws. And Mick says... Nice shooting, Tex. I want to point that out. Wait, that's Russell, a really good point. I didn't pick up on that. He told them he was from Louisiana, right? Right. And so unless he has said, oh, yeah, I was in New Orleans for Katrina, and then I moved to Texas, which he could have said, what we have seen is Russell only talking about New Orleans, not about Texas. That's a good point. I wonder if he told them that he was from Texas, but he was just living in Louisiana during that time. Yeah, because it, you, it stuck out. Yeah, because if you follow that lie of living in Louisiana, that must get like draining just to make sure all your facts are in check for the full however long you're on the show for. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're just like doing a chore with somebody and they're like, so what's the food like in New Orleans? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that probably makes it such a pain. Like you need to be so cautious with every story that you tell to make yeah. sure the setting's in the right spot. So... I'm assuming he probably did tell them that he currently lives in Texas. Either that or Mick is just psychic and, and figured it out somehow. Must have. Must have. I mean, he must have said it. But so, uh, in the end, Dave, this guy we've never seen before, has a great throw and ends with one of his bocce balls literally like up against the flag. Uh, so, Galoo wins yet another challenge and they get to take home the chickens. Yeah, I wrote um, down uh, Foa Foa is now one for five in challenges this season. The only one they've won up until this point is the first challenge of the entire season when they all arrive on the beach. Yeah, I mean, they so they have not seen a win since they were a whole tribe, uh, which is just devastating. Uh, while the challenge is going on, back in the Galoo tribe, uh, the, the there's some drama. John, who got the... No, sorry, Eric, who got the intel. Both John and Eric got the intel on the clues to the immunity idol from Shambo. Uh, Eric starts looking while people are taking a nap, including John. The two guys who know the clues, uh, one is looking, Eric is looking, John is taking a nap. Uh, Eric's up in a tree. John wakes up, I think, sees it and goes back to sleep. See, I question if John saw it. I think it might have been a little bit of editing there. They just mm. took a shot of John like opening his eyes and then closing them again to create some dramatic effect. Because okay. if John saw Eric looking for the idol, I bet there would have been a confessional. Yeah, that's a very that. good point. Uh, but so um, uh, John may or may not see it, but Eric does find the immunity idol and hides it and isn't going to tell anybody. Uh, and I got to say, I like Eric. Yeah, I, mean, Eric I, I like him. Eric had a really impressive run right there. What I found most impressive in him finding the idol is he took active efforts to clear out camp. So I think he sent some people to go find firewood or bamboo, mm -hmm. and he knew other people were taking naps. So he was really tactical in deciding when to look for it, and he jumped on that opportunity. My only worry now is do you think that eventually Shambo and John will catch on that Eric has the idol? Because they're going to look for it at some point. And it's only a matter of time till they start pointing fingers at each other. I mean, they could, right? Uh, it could happen, but they could also look a little bit. And instead of pointing fingers 
they might just go, oh, you know what? Maybe it's hidden somewhere else on our camp, right? Yeah. There's no guarantee that it's hidden in the same spot. I mean, that was some good thinking on Eric's part and John's part, but there's no guarantee of that to my knowledge. Uh, So they might just dismiss it and forget about it. That'd be ideal for Eric. Yeah. Uh, At the end of the day, that's out of his control. It's not like he's the one that found the clues in the first place. So he made the best of of the cars that he was dealt, and he has probably the most power right now on that entire tribe with that idol in his pocket. For sure. Uh, But so Eric's got an idol. The uh, delegations returned to their uh, tribes, did write down the quote from Dave. He does say the phrase, team effort, daddy, uh, when talking to Russell Swan. Wait, really? Uh, He says, team effort, daddy. I had the captions on. That is what he says. I did not catch that part. I did uh, catch the part where Dave looks at Shambo and says, you're good with chickens. She says, yeah. And he says, okay, don't let them escape. And the second he said that, <laughs> I went to my notes and wrote down, Shambo is going to let them escape. <laughs> you called that. I mean, so what we then get is some genuine comedy. It Because we then get about five minutes of, oh, Galoo has chickens. Shambo is in charge of the chickens. Shambo does a chicken dance. She starts clucking at them, and then she lets one escape. Uh, and we get the quote, escape chicken, escape chicken, 911. Because before Shambo starts chasing the chicken, she just stands there and yells, escape chicken, escape chicken, 911. Yeah, it it's a pretty lo- rough look for Shambo at this point. And we oh get my a, God. We see a bunch of scenes of other people in her tribe blaming her and throwing her under the bus. I think mm-hmm. I wrote it down. We see scenes from Dave, Kelly, John, Eric, and Russell. So five people are shown being upset with her. And we can assume that the other four are at least a little bit ticked off. And oh, yeah. At this point in the episode, I'm thinking Shambo's done. She's mm-hmm. done almost everything wrong on this tribe that she possibly could have done. And I really thought that this was going to be the last straw for everyone else at Galoo. So I... I, I want to hit on just a couple beats in the chicken chase scene uh somebody i'm not i think it might be dave runs full out into their clothesline oh that's eric that's eric eric runs full out into the clothesline and gets clotheslined literally uh which is damn funny i mean must have hurt but was genuinely pretty funny uh the chicken flies and then climbs a tree and i said personally i didn't know chickens could fly i didn't think they could and then someone in the show said i didn't know they could fly and someone's like oh shambo says it yeah uh which that just cracked me up but it that was really the start of us seeing how and i would argue this is maybe the theme of the episode how little adversity galoo has faced that at the slightest inconvenience, they start to crumble. Oh, I think there's a lot of logic to that. I think when you have some of these tribes that go on immunity runs, you don't really know where the lines in the sand are. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they've been together for over a week, and they haven't yeah. voted anybody out. Yeah. So they're starting to really get on each other's nerves, and something like this may be enough to push someone over the edge. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you could... It's easy to, from my perspective, at first see, okay, well, look, they're just doing yoga. They're having a good time. But what is actually probably going on is, hey, we've been together for a week, and we know that at any point, we will have to turn on each other. 
and it's been going great but that just makes it all the more nasty when it does fall apart yeah and i suspect that people on this tribe are talking to each other about who they want to eliminate but just given everything that we had at foa foa the past three episodes the edit focused on that which made sense because people Mm -hmm. from foa foa were getting eliminated um, so I suspect that these conversations were going on surrounding Shambo even before the whole chicken disaster. And, and so at the end of the chicken disaster, some conversation is starting about Shambo's caused a lot of grief, right? Between this snorkel, this, her isolation. People aren't happy with Shambo and people aren't happy with Yasmin. And this is the first we really see of it, but we basically find out Yasmin doesn't do any work around camp. She just kind of sits and lays around and waits for other people to like open coconuts for her. Yeah, I think there's a scene where Kelly is opening a coconut. Yasmin asks if there's any like coconut milk inside. Kelly tells her no and then goes and shares it with other people on the tribe behind Yasmin's back. Yeah, while Yasmin is like taking a nap. Yeah, so one thing I found interesting too, and we see this later in the episode, but I can ask you about it now is Yasmin has a conversation with Shambo where mm-hmm. she reveals that she's intentionally not doing work at camp because she's worried that if she were to do work at camp and she would mess it up, it becomes super easy to point the finger at her and create blame. Right. And I want to hear what, what your thoughts are on that. Is that a logical strategy to no. take a step back? I think there's a no. little bit of logic to it, but you just can't take it to the extreme. That yes, Yasmin yes, did. yes. That, that's a great point. There is totally logic to not taking a ton of initiative right you don't want to be the one who's saying all right gang like sorry i shouldn't clap that's not good <laughs> microphone all right gang let's all get together uh let who's doing what chore right who's who's going out for fish who's getting water like if you're the drill sergeant right if you're the leader or the the kind of uh helicopter mom right you're gonna get called out but if you're not if everybody else is hauling water or breaking coconuts or whatever and you're not that's a terrible look and that's what she does yeah i think she had a good intention with this plan but her Mm -hmm. execution was so poor that everyone else caught on we see that later in the episode yeah i mean i i think there's a there's a tendency or a pitfall for some contestants some competitors to develop a strategy and say to themselves, okay, fly under the radar, right? Or take a big swing. It goes either direction. But if you keep taking big swings or you do everything you can to be nothing, you're going to stand out even more than if you had stayed kind of in the middle. Yeah, there's definitely an element of balance there. Yeah. Um. So before headed, heading to the immunity challenge, I want to talk to you about the one other scene that we got at FOA FOA this episode. And it's the start of the Russell, Hans, Natalie, White alliance. Yes. So we mentioned earlier that Russell no longer feels comfortable allying with Jason because he's worried that Jason's going to quit at some point down the line. He approaches Natalie and tells her that he wants the two of them to be the core alliance of their tribe. And Natalie agrees. Mm-hmm. And finally, we get to see some strategy from some of the women on the Foa Foa tribe. And I want to hear what your thoughts were on natalie's perspective so natalie says that by allying with russell russell's gonna be so 
deterred or disliked by other people that she could go theoretically go to the end with Russell and beat him because Russell's going to burn a lot of bridges along the way. Right. And I have mixed feelings on, on this strategy and I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was just talking about finding the middle path, right? I think that she is saying, I'm going to be the wingman, right? I'll be right there. I don't know if it's a winning strategy, but I do think it's a valid strategy to go far. I'll say that. I agree that's a good strategy to go far. My worry with it is this. So Natalie's idea is that I can form close connections with people and then Russell will stab them in the back and he'll be seen as the villain. Yes. But there's also a risk there that if Natalie votes with Russell against these people that she developed close bonds with, she's going to be seen as even more of a backstabber because Russell, they, they almost would expect to be a villain, whereas Natalie, they wouldn't expect that. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I guess it comes all down to your relationships with the other people. And I don't know if I've seen enough of her relationships with the other members of the tribe to really get a sense of it. It's definitely a dynamic that I want to keep more of an eye on going forward. But honestly, right now, I don't know if I have a good enough read on it. That's fair. So we talked about that alliance from Natalie's perspective. Do you think this is a good move by Russell? So if Russell decides he's not going to ally with Jason on Foa Foa, do you think Natalie is the right person to replace Jason with? I mean, I, I see it this way. I think Russell has a few irons in the fire. He's not pushing Jason away. He's just hedging his bets. He's got Jason with a connection. He's got Mick. Mick knows about the idol too, right? So he's got a, a connection to both of them that is pretty strong. Um, you add on top of that this connection to Natalie, and I think he is just shoring up as many prime quote unquote primary alliances as he can. Because I, I don't think he I don't think in Russell's mind he necessarily has one that he would pick over the others as much as he has his bases covered. And if somebody falls or somebody's performance drops or somebody turns, he has these others that he can rely on. Oh, okay. So that's an interesting point. So there's an element of strategy of if everyone thinks I'm their number one, I'll be safe. And then he'll have essentially his pick of who he wants to go with down the line. Yeah. And I think what he does in this episode actually proves your point where he doesn't show the idol to Natalie. So even though he tells her that she's his main ally in the game, he hasn't necessarily shown that by presenting the idol to her. Yeah, so, he, he's relying on their connection because they connected on day one. And they, they reference that. They're like, look, day one still matters. Day one's still real. Like, this is still going for us. Um, I think, I, I mean, I think he's playing a smart game by, by keeping them all in arm's length. I mean, he says a lot, right? He wants to have them all like zombies. And I think that's what he's still doing. Yeah, and I guess that idol is something we'll need to keep track of moving forward. To see if he does show that to Natalie, and if yeah. he doesn't, and it comes out or she finds out about it, how is she going to react to being left in the dark on that idol? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so now we go over to the immunity challenge, which I loved this one. I thought it was a ton of fun. It was a uh, a combination of two stages, two basically races, and then stacking towers. Um, and the first 
I thought to add a little bit of voice to the people perspective, I could have done the first part. I don't think I could have done the second. The second part being the like block building. No, section. the rope. the The rope. The first race is over this netting that's kind of bouncy, but could trip you up. I think I could do that. I don't think I could. The second section is balancing with one rope overhead and one rope underfoot, and oh, kind of balancing yeah. walking forward. I don't think I could have done that, at least not quickly and carefully. Yeah, it's crazy watching that part because some of the contestants whip through that part of the challenge and then other ones i think monica was the main one that gets blamed really yes. go slowly slowly through it yes yeah, so so to just run through the actual challenge really quickly um galoo gets ahead uh they blow past foafoa in the first part with the nets um they stack they're well onto the next part and monica on galoo really slows down about halfway through the rope challenge a rope portion of the challenge and foa foa is able to close the gap and foa foa ends up winning this is our first foa foa victory in a challenge since episode one yeah and, and their first I tell immunity you what, win too and their first immunity win i tell you what i felt great i was genuinely so happy for them because they have gone through a lot to get there and it was cool to see um you know, obviously there's all this discussion of who to who to vote out, who to betray, blah, blah, blah. You're still a tribe. And to see the tribe that has, frankly, gone through so much pull together against a tribe who has had it easy comparatively. Yeah. Uh, felt great. But uh, Galoo is going to uh, tribal council for the first time. I guess I'm more of a villain when I watch this because I was happy, but for different reasons. I was happy just watching and thinking, oh, we finally get to see someone voted out of Galoo. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I mean, necessarily honestly, yeah. happy for Foa as much as I was happy to just see a different tribal dynamic. Yes. I mean, like, and we hop right into it because it starts pouring rain almost as soon as it's over, right? Like, the rain was very dramatically timed, which I loved. Yeah. Um, uh, I wrote down... Oh, oh, I, I see what I wrote down. So it starts pouring rain as Galoo has to head back to their, their camp. And I just want to throw back to when Russell Swan chose not to get the practical items. Oh, yeah, and he chose the uh, comfort items instead. He chose pillows and blankets over tarps that would have waterproofed their, you know, shelters. And I... I wasn't expecting anybody to turn on him right away, but I do want to point out that there is definitely some resentment building in the tribe when they walk back and have all of their wet pillows and stuff. Oh, for sure. And we see in this episode that that tribe respects Russell as a leader. They are a little bit, a little bit intimidated by him when making their decisions, uh -huh. but they don't respect him as a leader in the sense that they're going to follow what he wants to do. Yes, and I would point out that Russell, although he's shown some really good awareness in the past of the pitfalls of leadership, I was surprised at how fired up he got when people started to talk about Russell wants Monica gone because her performance led to their defeat. Uh, and people start talking about Yasmin or Shambo. 
and especially Yasmin, who Russell wants to keep. And Russell gets angry. He gets frustrated. And I wrote down leadership has gone to his head. Um, oh, for sure. I, I think he is forgetting the danger of his position, for sure. Yeah, and an exact quote from him this episode is, I'm the leader, so these people gotta listen to me or there's gonna be some serious ass-kicking. So yes. you can tell with that quote alone, I think winning constantly on top of being the leader might have leaded to a, a little bit of ego uh, for Russell at this time. And yeah, because you know he picked he's picked winning teams for every t- everything he's had to do as leader has gone well, and I think it's totally gone to his head. Yeah, and you mentioned this. So when they go back to camp, there's a couple names thrown out, but there's really two that are at, that are at the forefront. There's yeah. Monica and there's Yasmin. And yeah. Monica, you have this group of four that kind of comes together campaigning against her. You have Russell Swan, Yas. Oh, no, it's a group of three. So you have Russell Swan, Yasmin, and Shambo. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have this majority group of six that's set on eliminating Yasmin because of her poor contributions during camp life. And that group is Dave, Laura, Brett, John, Kelly, and Monica. And what's interesting here is that Eric seems to be kind of on the outside of both groups. He's floating between the two in that tribal dynamic. Uh, The thing that I was also most surprised about here is that no one's really talking about getting rid of Shambo. Yes, there is one time where somebody points out Shambo's colossal screw-ups. I wrote down that line. Uh, I didn't write down who said it. I think it was Dave. Yeah, it was Dave. Uh, But... I think there is such a, right, they're in the rain, they're frustrated. Shambo, for all of her screw-ups, is still putting in work. Uh, and Shambo did, you know, sat in the challenge, which I think was lucky for her. Because I think she probably would have struggled on the rope challenge just because she doesn't strike me as terribly agile. Um, and could have put a target on her own back. But... I think what is at the forefront of their minds, of the rest of the tribe's minds, is either we just lost for the first time because of Monica, or we have to carry Yasmin around camp. And uh, those are the two narratives that dominate. And honestly, I think it works. Shambo is very lucky, is what it comes down to. Shambo's been very lucky this entire season with her tribe not going to tribal council. I think she benefited here in that Let's say Shambo let the chickens loose the day of the immunity challenge. Right. Then I think way more people will be pointing the finger at her. But I think since people were getting annoyed with Yasmin right before the challenge, there was a little there was an element of short-term memory where they were focused on Yasmin for that reason and focused on Monica because the challenge just happened. I think that's absolutely a great point. I, I think short-term memory is exactly the right term. Um so Yasmin gets frustrated. She has that conversation with Shambo that w- we saw where she's saying, look, I'm doing this intentionally. Um, like, this is a strategy. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Russell gets kind of fired up because people are split and not just going, okay, yeah, let's get rid of Monica. And we go to tribal. One, one other thing I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting oh, yeah. before we head to tribal is Eric, I mentioned earlier, is the swing guy between these two groups. So he hmm. approaches that group of six and hears that – they're targeting Yasmin, and he decides to bring this information to Russell. So he easily could not tell Russell, leave him in the dark, but he decides to go and tell him anyway. And I want to ask, like, what were your thoughts 
on him giving Russell this information. Like, do you think this was a good move by Eric? You know, I always wonder when people share information like that. You know, it's not critical intel. It's not the location of an idol, but it is an important piece of information. I always wonder if there's a bit of danger in being the messenger. Uh, but at the same time, if you're Eric, right, your name's not on the ballot. You just want to start on right? You're wanting to see where the this is going to lay out. And if I'm Eric, this might be me trying to essentially, if I'm Eric, right, I think there are two potential options going forward. Either this bit of information baits Russell into doing something he'll regret, talking too loud, saying, oh, you'll regret this, being being a little bit too forceful. Or Russell says, you know what? Let's go with the flow. Thank you for telling me. And he either gets an ally in Russell, potentially, or at least a friend in Russell, or pushes him a little bit too far and gains from that because he didn't do anything but share information. Yeah. I think it was a good move at large by Eric because now it seems that he's integrated within that majority group of six, but he still has that connection to Russell who's connected to Shambo. Yeah. So if someone were to flip this tribe around in future episodes i think eric is the most equipped to do it because he has connections on both sides yes i i completely agree um, i think so, eric is going to be a major character going forward oh for sure so we head to tribal council anything no noteworthy that you wanted to hit on there before we talk about the votes so uh the couple things i want to hit on right out the gate first uh i always like to kind of prep my notes beforehand uh, and so at the commercial before tribal, I kind of wrote out, you know, to tally the votes as I'm watching. I immediately assumed Shambo was getting votes. So I have like votes and I've got a, a line for Shambo, a line for Yasmin, and a line for Monica because I assumed Shambo was going to get at least one vote. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, what was your prediction then for where the votes my were going? My prediction at that point was it was going to be a three-way split and it was going to be like not close, right? It wasn't going to be three, three, four. But I was predicting that it was going to be like two Shambo and then the rest between Yasmin and Monica. Uh, but I was expecting Shambo to at least get some votes. Um, but the thing I wanted to kind of hit on in Tribal is, I, th I mean, Yasmin is essentially, Jeff does a good job at, at highlighting the two kind of conflicting ideas, conflicting philosophies, I think he outlines it as. Um, either, you know, what matters more, right? Life in camp or performance and challenges. And Yasmin, I think, sticks so hard into the performance and challenges camp that she aggressively defends her decision to not help out. Um, you know, when somebody says, yeah, Yasmin doesn't do anything. She says, oh, I've done everything I've been asked to do. And says it a little bit aggressively. Has a pretty funny line about how she wore heels to the island to look good for Jeff. I didn't know that she was wearing heels this whole season. I think she's I thought, been barefoot a lot, but she wore them to tribal because she knew she was on the chopping block. That was so funny. That was probably one of my favorite moments in the tribal council. I mean, it was honestly charming. Like, like if she hadn't been so uh, uh, insistent that what she was doing was right in front of, if she had shown some um 
regret or some apologeticness, which is not the right word or not a word, but if she had said, you know what, I really need to step up my game and contribute more around camp because I'm realizing that my focus, while I've performed well in challenges, I need to do more around camp. I think she could have saved herself. Really? I think, she, I think if she, because I don't think personality wise, she has alienated that many of her fellow members of Galoo. I think it's more that this was an issue, but I think if she had shown some contrition and some willingness to change, she would have stayed. Oh, uh, because I don't know if I can get on board with that. What, what spoiler I found alert. Lot, you know. So hear me out first. So Okay. A lot of times in Survivor, I think that contestants make up their mind on who they're going to vote out before they go to Tribal Council. It's really mm-hmm. rare that the decision gets flipped at Tribal. I think the moment Yasmin stepped into Tribal Council, she was done. And I don't know if there's anything she could have done at that point aside from showing an idol to everyone and saying, I'm playing this tonight. Don't bother casting your votes on me. It would need to be something that drastic, I think, for them to flip their decision at that point. I do think there's merit. That's very. Oh, I was just going to say, I think there's merit to saying that if she was more apologetic at camp, she would have had an opportunity to flip people. But I was bummed that we never get any scenes of Yasmin approaching that majority group of six and campaigning against Monica in any way. She really just keeps with her tight circle of Shambo Mm -hmm. and Russell Swan. Yeah, I mean, I think she really, um, she sticks to her guns and, and, you know, for better or worse, right? And she does not back down. She does not show any regret for her tactic, which you know, to a point is respectable, right? You, you got to stick to what you think will work. But um, unfortunately, it doesn't work. I didn't write, I don't have the full vote, but she does I got the lose. votes here. Yeah, yeah so it's an, eight to, it's an eight to two vote. So only oh, two votes man. go on Monica. Those two votes are Yasmin herself. And the other one is Shambo. So Russell Swan elects to side with Eric and go with the majority to not isolate himself for See, the tribe. So, the tri- so- so for Russell Swan, do you think he decided to make that switch before or after Yasmin opened her mouth at Tribal? I think it was before. I think it was a matter of not wanting to isolate himself in the game moving forward. And I think he realized that there was nothing he could do to save Yasmin at that point. One hmm. thing I actually wrote down, and you can tell me if you have any ideas on this, but let's say you, I think there could have been an alliance of Russell, Shambo, Eric, and Yasmin. So they four people right there that were all interested in targeting Monica, but right. you need at least five to tie and six to win. Is there anyone else on that tribe that they could have pulled over? Because I really don't see another person that they could have brought onto their side to get rid of Monica instead. I, I honestly, I don't see it. And maybe there's somebody that we haven't talked to enough, right? Maybe John, since Shambo and John have had a little bit of a, you know, she gave him the clue to the idol. Oh, we don't yeah. know. But so maybe, but I at the same time, I, we haven't seen enough. We haven't seen them talk enough. Yeah. So I feel bad for Yasmin. Um, she does not come back and play another time. So this is her one appearance ah. on Survivor. And I think she had it pretty rough out there. She had that whole experience with Ben in episode uh, two. Yeah. And then her first tribal council when there's someone else on her tribe that's so clearly creating a target for herself. Mm-hmm. Even with that there, 
Yasmin is still bowed out at the first opportunity. So I, I mean, it, it is a tough legacy for sure. Yeah, I don't think she's a great player, but I don't think she's the worst player on the season by any means. I no, think she came sure. in with a certain strategy and she just took it to an extreme. Yeah, um, I mean, and honestly, you know, I think part of that you can chalk up to the mental uh, kind of the mental grindstone of being on the island, you know, and she, we see her unhappy back in episode two, back in her own camp. She does not like being out there. And you combine not being happy on the island with a strategy that can easily be taken too far. And if you're a little bit grumpy, yeah, you're not going to help with the chores. You're in a bad mood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I feel for her, but I liked her. I thought her, uh, it was pretty brutal. The final shot of her walking away caught her in the heels going down the stairs, uh, which was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good episode and I'm looking forward to, I mean, a slightly more balanced tribal competition. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this earlier with the timing of everything that happened to Yasmin. I think there's a real argument that if Galu goes to the second or the third tribal council of the season, Yasmin yeah. doesn't go home. I think mm. it was a lot of her own doing, but it was a lot of the circumstances surrounding that tribe as well that led to her going home this early in the game. Yes, yes. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, we maybe we only saw one example, but if she had helped open that coconut, right? Um, and it could come down to something that simple as her helping just a little bit more around camp. Mm -hmm. So one thing I wrote down, uh, this is just some useful information for where Galoo stands moving forward into the next couple of episodes. I think you mm -hmm. still have that majority alliance of six, which is John, Nate, Brett, Kelly, Monica, Laura. I think you have this undercover duo alliance of Russell Swan and Eric. Mm -hmm. And then you have the outcast of the tribe, which is still Shambo. So, so this sets us up nicely to go into winners and losers. So I want to hear your winner and loser based on this breakdown you've just had. We've got a big alliance, a little alliance, and Shambo. So who won this episode in your eyes? So the winner, I think, is Eric. Okay, I yes, I, Eric, I agree. Eric has a pretty masterful episode at large. He finds the immunity idol, so he has a lot of power in the game. I mentioned earlier he has connections to the majority alliance as well as the minority by keeping Russell Swan in the loop. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think I would need to go back and look at the winners from previous episodes, but there's an argument for Eric having the most impressive episode of the season so far. I, I would tend to completely agree because he has a great performance. I mean, he gets the idol. He doesn't share it, uh, which Russell shared his right away. I think he's playing a quieter game that I think will pay off in the long run for sure. And yeah, he was a decisive winner for me as well. Do you have an honorable mention? So my honor, let's do losers first because my honorable mention might be contentious. Let's go. Your to losers. honorable mention is going to be unhinged. I already know. <laughs> let, let, who's your loser? So my loser is Shambo. Okay. I feel bad because I think this might be the second time I pick Shambo as the loser. I, this might even be the third so. time. Check our um, Instagram to find out. But overall, she's just magnified her target uh, by releasing the chickens. She lost her closest ally in the game in Yasmin. And she fell on the wrong side of the numbers. So when they go back to camp and they want to find an easy target, Shambo is the clear option. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, see, now I've got, I've, I have to think, because it's been a few hours since I watched. Um, my loser is Russell Swan. 
Really? Over Shambo? Over Shambo. Because I think that Russell, in his... I think he overplayed his hand as the leader. And where Mick has, I think, done a good job of balancing his... his you know responsibilities with the prestige or the the um spotlight of being leader on foa foa i get the sense that russell is letting it go to his head a little bit as time goes on and he's continuing to make little mistakes okay, he put so- shambo in charge of the chicken he chose the the comfort over um utility on the reward challenge before this and uh he was on the wrong side up until the end Right, he did switch his vote, but he was campaigning for Monica. Okay, so it's more of like a, a cumulative small losses leading to him being the loser of the episode for you. Yes, I I think he is in the worst position he's been in. When let me just look at my notes from last week, um, he won a previous episode for me. He won, um, I believe he won episode two for me. Oh really? Wait, I have it in my notes here. I keep track of it. You had he's won you had something. Russell, you had Russell Hans winning your second episode. Ah, okay, yeah. that's what I get for not the, putting last names. The only time Russell's appeared on our Russell Swan has appeared on our winners and losers is last episode. I had him as the loser. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking of. But yeah, yeah no I worries. Th- I think he's in a tough spot. Uh, my honorable mention is Shambo. Are you uh, serious? Why? <laughs> <laughs> She's so clearly the loser of this episode. I don't understand what else she could have done to solidify herself as the loser. I think Shambo's in a better spot now than she's ever been. I genuinely think that. I don't believe that you think that. She's one more episode closer to... She's one episode closer to the merge. She's... I guess, um, but you can say that for anyone left on the season, that they're one episode closer to the merge. No, listen, listen, listen. Shambo, at the start of this episode, looked like she was going home. Shambo at the end of this episode wasn't even in the conversation. Monica has proven to be a liability in challenges. Her name's getting thrown around, right? Obviously, at least a little bit, right? Um, uh, Russell Swan is really overplaying his hand. I think if Shambo learns a little bit more discretion and a little bit more um, cooperation with her team, she could be in a great spot. Uh, not a winning spot, but not a losing spot. I think, you know what, my honorable mention this time is really just a most improved. I think she's turning okay. it around a little bit, and I, I'm on Team Shambo. I'm on Team Shambo too. I like her as a person. I just haven't respected a lot of her gameplay up until this point <laughs> in the season. I mean, and fair. Many of the examples that you gave, yes, those are things that are going well for Shambo, but they're not things that she's actively doing. It's more lucky circumstances surrounding her where well, that's Monica... why she's the that's she's the honorable mention. I'm not saying she did anything. She just happened to stumble her way, shambo her way into uh, this uh, better spot. That, that's a fair point. My honorable mention was actually Dave this episode. I think he earns favor with uh, Russell Swan and Shambo on the bottom through his performance in the challenge, mm-hmm. and it seems like in that majority group of six. The person that originally threw out Yasmin's name was Dave. Yes. So he seemed to be the one leading that group, and he has mm-hmm. connections with people on the bottom of the tribe. So I and think he's he won in a really the good spot. Yeah, and I really um, liked his confessional after winning the chickens, where he was super cocky despite being pretty humble uh, to his tribe mates in person. 
Yes, yes. I mean, that showed a good level of awareness that I appreciated. I've got uh, one more question and one more comment for you. Sounds good. Uh, uh, the question is, uh, both times that we've seen somebody really run their mouth in tribal, Yasmin this time is absolutely unwilling to back down from her position of not doing any work. Ben, absolutely unwilling to back down from his position of being an ignorant racist jerk. Obviously, those aren't equivalent situations, but they are equivalent in that in both situations, the player was refusing to take any responsibility for their own actions. Um, is there ever a time that you can see where that's the right move? Like not taking any accountability? Yes, yeah, sticking to your guns and saying, I did nothing wrong. The only time I could see that working is if you're trying to catch someone in a lie. Let's say one person started a rumor that you had an idol. You have to stick with the story that I don't have an idol. Don't vote me out. There's right. only situations where you're being actively accused of something that I think you need to stick with stick with your guns. Yeah. If you're in a situation where it's more issues like with your trustworthiness in the tribe, then that's something where I think it's, it's important to acknowledge that there were times in this game where I messed up, but I'm going to do X, Y, and Z moving forward to improve. Yeah. So the vast majority of times, I think it's important to acknowledge the mistakes you've had. Uh, and that's something that, you know, Yasmin and Ben both had a tough time with. Yeah, I mean, we've really seen an example of, of both, right? And so I think what will be interesting is uh, both Russells, if they ever come under fire, strike me as the type to stick to their guns. And oh, hopefully sure. we'll see if either of them have learned that lesson the hard way from seeing their their comrades. Yeah, I think both Russells appear that way. I think Dave might have a little bit of that uh, persona to him as well, given that confessional. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that stuff, a lot of these big characters can all reach the merge together because I'll be excited to see how they all interact when you have oh, these absolutely. big personalities. Uh, so just one last comment from me and then I'm good to go. Uh, I got a commercial during this episode for JC Penney's, like the department store, which I didn't think existed anymore. So I just thought that was funny. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Dude, JC Penney's is still a thing. Oh, well, I thought they went out of business in like 2015. So that was like, it felt like I was seeing a dinosaur or a ghost. But Wait, did you think that commercial was like an old one? No, I was just surprised by the fact that it was uh, existing in 2022. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I always appreciate the commercial updates with you. It helps give me a little bit more perspective since I mean, I'm, I'm a man in of the commercial lifestyle. Yeah, I'm not shelling out that extra three bucks a month for commercial free or whatever. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, any you final know, thoughts from you? I think I'm all good. Um, oh, maybe one day we'll start a Patreon. That way people can donate three bucks a month to get those commercials off your screen. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I will never... I will keep those commercials forever because I am the voice of the people. Wow. That's great. I got to stay humble and hungry. Well, thank you so much for listening in and uh, tune in next week where we'll recap episode five of Survivor Samoa. Yes. Looking forward to it.